Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Geriatric Goddess podcast. Today is July 8th, 2022, and I am your host, Christina McConnell. Today, we're going to jump into part two of a family caregiver guide from mmlearn.org. Excellent resource for family members and caregivers. They also have a lot of training videos on there that are really useful, too. So part two is titled Living Options for Your Aging Loved One. And let's get started. Deciding between continued home care and other living options can be difficult when you're a family caregiver. Just because a person gets older does not mean that they are ready to give up the idea of independence. Unfortunately, independence does become more difficult to maintain as life progresses. Continued home living requires ample planning for best results. In-home care agencies can bridge some care gaps as previously discussed in episode one. Making a decision about remaining at home or moving to an assisted living or other care facility is not an easy one to make. It's also a decision that family members will often struggle with, especially if an aging loved one is determined to stay in their home. So let's look at some factors that are affecting a senior's ability to stay in their home. Physical factors. Even seniors who stay in the very best physical shape experience natural age-related declines in physical ability. Older adults who are no longer able to handle basic day-to-day -day responsibilities may just need an extra set of hands, or it may be time to consider a different living situation. In some cases, a nearby friend or family member who can stop in regularly to help with anything from opening cans to reaching items on high shelves is all an older adult needs to remain safe in their home. Assistive devices can also offer invaluable help for seniors. In other cases, physical changes that interfere or compromise basic mobility may require something more, not just for the health and safety of our seniors, but also for the peace of mind of the people who care for them. The same applies to routine home maintenance, changing light bulbs, raking leaves, taking out the garbage can become increasingly challenging for older bodies. Keeping an eye out for these changes and implementing mechanisms to help seniors is in need it's part of a critical part of promoting safe aging in place. Without these mechanisms, aging in place may not be the optimal situation. Uh, mental factors. Some cognitive decline is also a common part of the aging process. However, when it begins to interfere with basic self-care, it may be time for caregivers to consider alternate options. Everything from forgetting to turn off the stove to neglecting to take medicine as prescribed can interfere with senior health and wellness. Again, home health can help ensure safety for seniors living in home, but when these changes occur with more frequency, the cost of aging in place may simply be too much, not just financially, but also when it comes to the well-being of older adults. Gotta consider emotional factors. Contact with others is an essential part of human health and well-being. When many older adults opt to age in place, they do so in a network of family, friends, and neighbors in place. Unfortunately, as time passes, the situation can change, leaving seniors more isolated than initially anticipated. Decreases in opportunities for socialization can lead to everything from isolation to loss of mobility. Factor in that loneliness and lost connections among senior living um, among them living at home may also be linked with increased incidence of depression and the situation becomes even more critical. Age-related driving limitations further complicate the issue. There are programs like Meals on Wheels and Shuttle Services for Seniors who offer regular contact to homebound seniors, but it's not always enough. 
while physical health may get the lion's share of attention when it comes to assessing the ongoing ability to live alone, the support team must also consider equally important emotional factors. Regular social contact, whether from a family member, a neighbor, or home health aide, is an essential part of successful aging in place. For seniors who are in good health, active, and surrounded by a strong social network, aging in place remains a desirable option. However, when these factors start to change, it might be time to reassess whether aging in place is truly the right choice for your changing needs. What happens if you discover that your loved one's having difficulties living on his or her own? Although picking the right living option may seem daunting, there are many resources available to guide you. You should always consult your loved one's doctor and, of course, the senior themselves. Try talking to someone who has experience in the elder care field, such as medical, social worker, care manager, or an agency that specializes in moving seniors at no cost. Social workers and elder care agencies should also be able to tell you about eligibility requirements for federal or state aid. One of the services that I do provide is I own Hoblet Homes Consulting, and I can go anywhere in the United States and do consulting services for seniors. That will include a needs assessment, memory assessment, connecting with the legal resources, touring facilities, uh, connecting with moving resources, and then helping the family members through all the paperwork and the difficult stuff. So that is something that I provide, and we're getting branched out into other states right now. So that's under Hollett Homes Consulting. I'll try to drop a link here below for that. And so we'll look here, though, at some of the options. And then for further details, like we're going to talk about assisted living, but for further details, there are some past episodes that talk about these different entity structures, what questions to ask. And they were some of my early on episodes. I will update those uh, probably every few months with new questions and any new content that needs to be put in there that might be useful to you. So for a brief overview, assisted living, the Administration on Aging defines assisted living as a housing alternative for older adults who may need help with dressing, bathing, eating, and toileting, but do not require the intensive medical and nursing care provided in nursing homes. Typically, residents of assisted living facilities reside in their own living spaces with assistance in everything from health with daily living activities and medication reminders to meals and recreation activities. Housekeeping and laundry, security and transportation are also commonly included. These facilities may stand alone or be a part of a larger retirement community. There are a bunch of different styles around the United States of assisted living, so definitely take a look at those. There's apartments, there's nice, small, cozy houses. I'm working on some houses right now that are going to be smaller and more intimate. Those will be open in Montana come 2023, and then I will work on franchising those into other states as well. But there are a bunch of different models, and so take a look, find what meets your needs. And that's where that consulting comes in and can be helpful is it's not a one-shoe-fits-all. It's literally custom care to your loved one and what they need and what they want and making it a win-win situation for everyone. So the other option you can look at is personal uh, home care. Seniors that are looking for a less institutional feel may find their needs better met in a personal care home. Uh, popular for their home-like environments, they provide a sense of community and independence, which some seniors may find lacking in conventional assisted living communities. So I apologize, I think I messed that up. It is a personal care 
homes. They usually cater to a relatively small number of people from as far as Fuse 4 to capping out around 10 residents, depending on state regulations. While assisted living homes may be configured more studio apartments, personal care residents occupy rooms in private homes while sharing a common space. They can even exist in residential neighborhoods. Now, do check your state on this because some states vary where they consider personal care homes assisted living. So you will just have to jump on Google to see what's in your area. As with assisted living, residents have access to training qualified staff members who can help them with both personal and medical assistance. However, acute medical care is not available in personal care homes. Uh, when considering a personal care home, if it sounds like it might be right for you or your aging loved one, there are some factors to consider. Location is essential. Being near medical facilities in the event of emergency, uh, that doesn't apply for where I live. We live out in the country, so it's a whole different uh, ballgame, but I know that's really important to some that are uh, in the city. I would also look at the proximity to family and friends. Your loved one needs more personal care than can be given at home or if they need medical supervision but not the amount of attention supplied by a nursing home some states also have continuing care retirement communities known as ccrc's uh, continuing care retirement communities are able to provide multiple types of care adapting to the needs of a resident sometimes communities even include a nursing home in the same location if you plan early and have funds, continued care can be a great option as your loved one ages. They'll not need to move from their already comfortable area to receive more medical attention. Residents purchase units within the community and pay a monthly fee depending on the type of care needed. As their needs change, the monthly fee to live in the community increases to match the higher level of care. Added benefit for married couples is that spouses can stay close even if one requires more attention or care than another. Uh, number four is nursing homes. A nursing home is intended to offer a high level of care. Outside of a hospital, nursing homes provide the highest level of medical care available. Nursing homes do provide assistance with daily care, but they are generally chosen as a living option because of the high level of medical care. A licensed physician supervises and a nurse or other medical professional is always able to be on the property. Occupational and physical therapists should be available on site as well. A nursing home is a good choice if a recent health development has disabled a loved one, such as a fall or stroke. They do usually have rehab rooms. And there's no way that they can receive that level of care necessary through home health or another living facility. Some nursing homes are temporary options right after hospi uh, hospitalization or rehab. And residents are able to return home or to another facility after a short amount of time. And we do have an episode a few weeks ago on nursing homes and breaking some myths of them. And that might give you some ease if that's an option you have to consider. So we'll end on six tips to help with a smooth transition. Once the decision to move uh, to one of the available elder care options has been made, moving as seamlessly as possible becomes the next priority. So here's just a few things to do to help your loved one have a more positive transition. Your first thing is going to be to find the right community. All nursing homes are not created equal. If a facility feels warm and welcoming to you, it will always feel that way to your aging loved one. Finding the right environment is a huge factor in helping your loved one adjust to their new home. Number two, give them a voice. The information acquired during due diligence not only helps you make the most educated decision, but can also be used to help aging loved ones feel more engaged in the process. 
seniors who are given a say feel like they are participating rather than powerless. Number three, be present. One of the biggest fears older adults experience when contemplating a move to a care facility is becoming isolated from the people they love. Frequent visits from the onset is a simple way to alleviate these concerns. Keep in mind that regular visits aren't just for the benefit of residents. They also allow caregivers to monitor their loved one's care and progress. Number four, encourage involvement. While jumping right into a new community can be really intimidating, there's no better way to help aging loved ones feel like themselves again than by encouraging them to get involved. From going to meals in the dining hall to participating in group activities, seniors are most likely to feel like themselves again when they become engaged with a new world around them. One simple way to help seniors overcome hesitations about getting involved is to go with them initially when they're doing these outings. Number five, schedule some outside socialization. While making new friends is certainly a huge part of any smooth transition, so is maintaining old contacts. Make sure your aging loved one has plenty of visits to and from relatives and old friends. If possible, have a family meeting to come up with a schedule aimed at supporting steady, reliable contact. This can help uh, mitigate new natural feelings of loss and grief, which may accompany the move from a long time, into, uh, a long time home into the residential care. And number six, make it feel like home. Home may be where the heart is, but material objects offer comfort while the heart catches up. Bringing along cherished family photos, a favorite blanket, and other decor can help create a pleasant, familiar atmosphere for seniors who might feel out of place without them. One last thing to keep in mind, while your aging loved one's living situation may change, your relationship shouldn't. Caregivers can and should remain active participants in seniors' lives. Um, after the move to a care facility and advocate for them as well. You have been listening to the Geriatric Goddess podcast. I am Christina McConnell, your Geriatric Goddess. Have a great rest of your day.